This episode is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA Homeowners Insurance not only helps you cover your home, it also helps you cover your budget, lower your premium in a number of ways, like saving up to 10% when you bundle home and auto insurance, saving up to 15% if you've been claims-free for five years, regardless of your previous insurance provider, and scoring even more deals and discounts on things like home security, moving, and storage with the USAA Perks Program. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike Wright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the podcast, the Fantasy Footballers Podcast, but you know that because you're not nasty. I'm here with my best friend, Jason Moore. Hello! It's me. Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? It is Thursday, February 3rd. We have made it into February. Super Bowl month. UDK month. There is that. Yeah, I mean, we probably won't talk about that much today, but the UDK is, that's available on Super Bowl Sunday, which means that the first edition of the Dynasty Pass is available in just, what, a week and a half or so? And we have been hot and heavy into rookies. That's what we're doing around the studio right now, preparing for the Dynasty Pass launch on Super Bowl Sunday, getting our rankings and our opinions and our uh, scouting done on all of the, the hot new incoming rookies. On today's show, it is the truth about wide receivers, part deux. Thank you. <laughs> this time is personal. Uh, these are you know, a little bit more interesting players to talk about. If you would like to watch the show, we are on the YouTube, youtube.com slash thefantasyfootballers. Follow us on the socials, instagram.com slash fantasyfootballers. If you want to find Jason on there, he is at JasonFFL. I am at FFHitman. Andy is at Andy Holloway, who we are hoping that we have Andy for next week's show. Seems likely. Seems, yeah. That's, he, was, he was really... He was questionable, right? And then at the last minute, downgraded to out for this episode. So I would imagine with the extra recovery time, you know, it's like a little bye week, right? Uh, that he'll be back. Well, what I couldn't remember is on the on Tuesday's show, we were talking about you know when will Andy be back? It's it's the question that's is burning in the hearts of Andy's mother. <laughs> I was going to say millions of oh, Americans. Uh, millions of Americans, yes, exactly. But you you went out on the, the limb and you were saying you think he'll be back. I wasn't sure 
How strong was that? Was that one of your patented Jason Moore guarantees? No, but it was it was 75%. I thought he would be able to remote in today. Which, if you are not aware out there, <laughs> Foot Clan. I don't think we've ever... I don't think has we've that ever, never been talked about on the show? No, no, I don't <laughs> think it has been. You know, a Jason Moore guarantee, ironclad. When it's yes. truly, truly, one hundred percent, I promise there is. There, he has zero doubt when something is about to happen. It's not gonna happen. It's definitely not happening. It's about as likely as the Carry On Johnson breakout. Mm. Okay, well, I'll see myself out. <laughs> Which is, it's now become a running joke. Where and he keeps doing it. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. You had a you had a situation yes. this season. Where I needed where like over the second half of a game, I needed Jamal Williams to score like three fantasy. And points. I gave you I gave you one of my. I, there's only now Footland. There's only been what like four of these. Like the, yeah, I mean the, the number it, is going up. The, yeah, but I mean we're not talking like I dole these out every week. Right. This is over the last several years. I've had four or five of them where I declare adamantly that it is a guarantee and uh yeah how'd you do on that game that i guaranteed you i lost yeah sorry about that i think you were pretty pissed when i guaranteed it <laughs> yes because it was a curse i knew what that meant i still had some hope and then that hope was squelched from the new madden uh let's see we went over the socials whatever let's get into the news news and notes from around the league since the time of our last recording, it is official. Plant Man knows. The Plant Man, or Tom Brady, as some people out there still refer to him, he is officially retiring. How does that make you feel, Jay? Uh, I mean, it's it, it's been a while now. I feel like I've come to terms with it, but I was very sad at first, and um, it really does mark the shift to the next era of the yeah, NFL. So ben is gone. Ben is gone. Tom is gone. Obviously, Rivers, Breeze were this last year. Uh, I'd throw Peyton in there. Um, you know, that whole, oh, no. I remember, man, this was not. This was like three years ago where it was like, wow, all the quarterbacks are starting to age out. Mm -hmm. This NFL could be a mess. This could be, like, really bad five years from now, and then, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, Herbert. Kyler. I mean, it's the Burrow in the Super Bowl. I mean, right. the, the the next generation is here, and I think that this new era of the NFL, I mean, this is a fantasy football show. It's going to be great for fantasy. Just air it out. Let's go. It is official out of Washington. We have a team name. I'm sure you've heard it, but just in case you have not, they are officially the Washington Commanders. Hmm. <laughs> the Washington Commanders, I mean... Mixed reviews. Well, here's the problem. When you take two name or two years to come up with a name, it doesn't matter what the name is yeah, because you're, it, people are going to be disappointed. There's no way that they could have come out with a name that I would have been like, now I get it. Now I understand <laughs> what took so long because nobody was able to come up with that, but it took you two years. Uh, yeah, the commanders, you know, I think they want to have their whole like take command phrase. They want to have their go pack go. Mm -hmm. There's not a good nickname, though. Wait, so if it's the go pack, because go pack go is a chant. It's like go pack go. So what? Take, take command. Oh, that's not good. Well, that, that's fine. I'm fine with that. 
Really? Now, do the fans go commando to the games? <laughs> Is that like part of... <laughs> I'm not wearing any underpants. Let's do this. Go, go, commando. <laughs> That's a much better chant. Yeah. The Washington Commandos, they're here. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is uh, will undergo surgery on his ankle. He is expected to fully recover for the start of OTAs. But, you know, as the... the this happens every year. The injury news starts to trickle out at the end. And it seems like Jalen Hurts was playing on a bad ankle for quite some time. And when his play, it correlates when his play kind of started to fall off. So hopefully that explains what happened at the end of the season. And yes. then he's good to go. Yeah, sometimes you, you kind of nebulously hope that that was the case. But if you really look at his game log, he got injured in week 12, missed week 13, and week 12 is basically when he started to not perform for fantasy, missed week 13, had the bye week. And then, you know, his two bad performances for fantasy were after that injury. So hopefully that did have an impact. And he because he should be fully recovered by OTAs, you, you should have the most mobile, active version right. of, of Hertz ready to go next year. And we saw it through those first 11 weeks. He was easily the most consistent quarterback. Oh, gosh. I had no idea what was about to happen there. Uh, an absolute bombshell came out a couple days ago. Former Dolphins coach Brian Flores is uh, launching a lawsuit against the NFL and the in the Giants for alleged racism during hiring. It there is a lot going on in this situation. Uh, if you haven't dove in, which that would be surprising at this point, is dominating the headlines. Uh, highlighted by a text message from Bill Belichick. A BB. BB, yeah, BB with a lot of exclamation points, uh, congratulating Brian Dable on getting the job, except he was talking to Brian Flores in text, and Flores had not even interviewed yet. There's a lot of things that that need to be investigated here, and hopefully that they get their proper investigation. The big things in terms of not just <laughs> that's humongous, uh, but we want to talk about like fantasy impact here. Part of the allegations are Flores is saying the owner of the Miami Dolphins was offering him $100,000 to tank. So per loss, uh, a couple years ago, Brian Flores could have earned $100,000 allegedly. Now, there are more reports. By the time you're hearing this, there could be even more reports coming out. Uh, Stephen Ross, owner of the, 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 the Dolphins, but you had Cameron Wolf on the NFL Network saying that he has spoken to uh, one witness and that there are uh, multiple potential witnesses talking about this situation because if that, in fact, comes out to be true... The hammer will be swung. You, I mean, like, how many draft picks do the Dolphins lose if that can be proved? Yeah, I mean, I... After, like, look at Spygate. Like, the, what did... The, Kyle, do you remember? Look up real quick what the Patriots lost from Spygate. Yeah, I mean, certainly this is one of those things that goes to the heart of the competition of the NFL. And, uh, you know, if, if that comes out proven true, which seems likely. Um, yeah, I mean, they're. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the hammer will come down hard uh, on, uh, on the Dolphins. So their draft capital should vanish, which is ironic because he was wanting to pay for more 
draft capital. So the Patriots lost a third rounder, and they were fined over a million dollars for that. And you have it's not just Flores. Now you have Marvin Lewis is backing him up. Hugh Jackson is backing up Flores' uh, allegations as well. I I can't pretend to know what they're going through and what they have been through. Just really hope that the proper investigation is launched, and they are up against it, man. The this is the NFL protecting its own interests. Just a very, very tough and difficult situation to navigate. Uh, do we have any more news? I mean, that's really – that's the news and will be the news moving forward. But do we have anything else? Nothing yet. All right. Let's get into the truth part deux. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Tuesday's episode was part one with fellows like Cooper Cup, Debo, Devontae Adams, Jeff Justin Jefferson. So if you're looking for their names, they were on part one. Now the truth about fantasy wide receivers, we are looking at consistency. We are looking at how many great games or percentage of great games, percentage of good games and bust games. And those are defined by us. We set the thresholds here. A great game is 20 points. A good game is more than 12 points. And a bust game is fewer than eight points. And this we, is in half points. Yes, scoring. half point scoring. And we do not count missed games against the player for their consistency score. Wide receiver. Now, now oh, real, go ahead. real quick, before we move on to the specific wide receivers, we've done this for years, and the formula is tweaked a little bit every year. Um, I have been questioning during this season whether or not it is right to not penalize missed games. The rationale okay. <clears throat> has been. Well, if they if they missed the game, not got injured in the game, but they missed the game, no one was going to start them. Correct. You weren't trying to see what's the truth of this player on the field, and that's what this series is about. Like, what is the truth of the player on the field? But I do think that, you know, it, it kind of seems, it feels unfair when we look at some of these players who are listed as more consistent, but you really felt a, a hurt through the season when they missed two games here or there. And so I've been wondering... Should I add into the formula a slight penalty per missed game, or should we leave it as it's been? I think you leave it as is for consistency because we're we're trying to find out the truth when someone is on the field. I mean, I availability is an ability, at, you know, as uh, as the the coaching saying goes. So maybe there's a way to uh, you know factor that in, but I think that would be a different way to look at how a player performed you you feel like it should be added in um i'm i'm on the fence i've i've gone back and forth producers what do you guys think weigh in here i think we need it the way it is but then also we could maybe have a separate number to see like what their rank would be if you were to count injuries or something Does that's that too much sense? i don't <laughs> like okay. i don't like it kyle <laughs> what do you got they need to be penalized oh level. oh man kyle's so angry He's just a real mean if, if Footland, if you you know, yeah. Kyle's Kyle's new to being on the show, if you're not aware of personality wise, one of the meanest spirited just people. Just hate in his heart. So hateful. Yeah. Um, that's Kyle. And the writers know that because he's been the editor and he just iron fist. Um well thank you guys for weighing in. There I appreciate are def that. There are definitely people listening to this show who now believe that that is the truth. Well, yeah, look, he's the most hateful and Brooks is the richest man on the planet. These are just truths we can't <laughs> We can't do We're it. a real extreme show. Yeah. Thank you, computer. 
Uh, so wide receiver 11 on the season, Hunter Renfro coming in, a consistency rank of nine. He was much better in the second half where he was on the dot, the consistent wide receiver number nine, number 18 over the first half. Now he certainly had some correlation of once Darren Waller was missing time, Hunter Renfro became the go-to guy. You also had the uh, the Henry Ruggs situation where he was removed from the team. But if you look at what he did, only 6% of his games were great. But, I mean, that's not – when you're playing Hunter Renfro, that's not really what your goal is, uh, a great game. You're not hoping for – you don't you don't slot him in as your wide receiver too, and you're like, yep, that's the guy. That's the nitro that my, uh, that my fantasy team needs. But – you know that he's going to help you. 53% of the time, he was a good game. Only 18% of his games, he busted. His his splits between top and bottom defenses are, are, are fine. Nothing egregious there. His home road splits, he's slightly better on the road. Maybe due to an uptick in passing. But, I mean, he was... Once, the, once week nine hit, he was great for your fantasy team. I think that the truth that fantasy managers need to get to the bottom of for next year is was this yes due to being yes. without Darren Waller is that the reason why you know going into next year we're going to presume Waller is healthy and active and I'm I also assume they will bring in another wide receiver right they lost um Henry Ruggs they found out found out uh through enough time that Brian Edwards can't play football and so they need to bring in another wide receiver um and so the question will be going into drafts next year was this just a mirage created by Darren Waller's absence and the answer is that while he did have a higher points per game in the games without Waller than he did with Waller this season slightly his breakout you you brought it up it was in week 9 it was when that was that was basically when Ruggs was gone um over there by week uh time from Darren Waller wasn't out until week 13. So you had a stretch where Renfro really caught the most fire of the season. That was when Waller was still there. So I believe next year coming into the season, um, I mean, it'll be different if they go and make a massive change um, at wide receiver, a big splashy acquisition. I don't, I don't know that really there's Could be any... Zay Jones, who they had Zay Jones on a one-year, and him also in the second half, not nearly as much as, uh, as Renfro, but I mean he started to really turn things on and become uh, uh, the go-to wide receiver, too, in the system. You have all new pieces around in management, new head coach, new GM. Derek Carr is in the final year of his contract where he will be turning 31. He's going to make, you know, about $20 million. He could also be cut for zero dead cap. Like, I don't – I'm not going to project that, that that will be the move. I think that even the new uh, – uh, with the new management and everything coming in and taking over, you'll go one year with Carr and then find a, a replacement quarterback – but just throwing it out there in the ether for like dynasty situation. If you're, I'm going after Hunter Renfro. Derek Carr is a variable that may or may not be there. I, I agree with that. Looking more redraft focused though, I I think Hunter Renfro has a really good season. Mike, who when I say who's the best slot wide receiver of the last decade? Who are the first guys that come to mind? Like the last ten 
years or so. Oof. I mean, you like you think of the like the the Brady slot wide exactly. Receivers. You think of Wes Welker. Yeah. You think of Julian Edelman. And who's the new head coach? McDaniel's of the Las Vegas Raiders. It's McDaniel's coming in. So the breakout that we saw from uh from Renfro combined with the system that really has been productive for the slot wide receiver and his talent. I I think I'm going to be into Renfro next year because he's not going to be someone that he you know he's not going to be drafted like he was the wide receiver eleven. No, he will not. Um, he'll and, be he'll be interesting to see his ADP. He was just to you know illustrate how great he was. The second player in NFL history with an eighty plus percent catch rate on a hundred or more targets. He joined Michael Thomas into that statistic. He was fantastic. His ADP will be fan, or, you know, very interesting to watch. The next wide receivers, wide receiver 12 and 13, it's the boys from Seattle, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They ran. I mean, it is outrageous, the crossfade that these two put together mm -hmm. uh, for my audio nerds out there. But – the first half, I mean, you had the first two games, Tyler Lockett was great, but then it was DK Metcalf for that first half, then the bye week hits, and then it was Tyler Lockett. You have the first half, DK Metcalf was the wide receiver three in consistency, the second half, wide receiver 41. Lockett, first half, 33, second half, 12. Lockett did have a higher percentage of his games as great. But Lockett also had more bus games at 38% compared to 24. What do you make of these two? And how do we how do we look at the future of, you know, DK Metcalf, who this is now this is two years in a row. So it's pretty easy this year to go, well, Russell Wilson had the thumb problem. You know, he his deep ball was looked off track. He kind of maybe got it going towards the end of it. But also during that stretch, Tyler Lockett over the second half was still performing with a with a busted Russell Wilson. And DK has now done this two years in a row where he got off to a really hot start and then fades over the second half of the season. Was that hard to say? Busted Russell Wilson? That was did really... I, did no, I, no, no. Did you, I get it out? You nailed it. But I was. it was really impressive to me. I'm very articulate. Busted Russell Wilson. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, so that's the question, right? What is the truth of these guys? Well, we know what the truth is with Tyler Lockett. We've seen it long enough. He's awesome. He is great. He is he a is, great real-world wide receiver. And yes. he is inconsistent for fantasy. Sure. He'll have his games where he ends up being the dude and his games where he's not. So the question with Metcalf is, look, the first half of the year, he was, he was unbelievable. Then the injury came to Russell Wilson. Russ sucked. DK Metcalf sucked. Is that the truth? Or... If you really look, you're talking about the crossfade between Metcalf and Lockett. If you really look at the games, like the first two weeks when Russ was healthy, Lockett was unbelievable. Yep. The wide receiver six, the wide receiver two, uh, Metcalf not as much. Right. It, like they, they really only had one single week, week eight, where both guys were really good for fantasy. And I think that that's, that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> right. I think that's more of the truth. I think the truth is that both of these guys are great wide receivers. Russ is going to be better next year because he is not going to presumably have a broken uh, hand for half of it. And is he a Seahawk? Russell Wilson will be a Seahawk, yes. Okay. I think Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, those guys will be uh, the same situation going into next year's draft. 
I'm going to take whoever the bigger discount is, that's which will be Tyler Lockett. That's what I was going to ask. So this year's ADP, DK was the wide receiver five going in the second round. Meanwhile, Lockett was in the fifth round as the wide receiver 20. It, it's not that DK Metcalf was a, a, a catastrophic bust on that draft day value going from the wide receiver five but finishing as 12. Like That's not terrible. But Lockett outperformed his. And I have to imagine that while Metcalf won't likely be the wide receiver five, he'll still be in that third round. He's going to be a top ten wide receiver drafted. He, he will be. And then Lockett probably goes in the fifth round again, if not the back of the fourth. So, Oh, he'll go fifth is the highest that Lockett will go. Do you think so? Do you think we'll still fade him a bit? Because you you got burnout with Lockett. You, you have – he's not the new hotness – um and he's been inconsistent so fifth round is the highest he'll go I love Tyler Lockett there if you drafted DK Metcalf at the end of the season uh, assuming you did not trade him halfway through um then you were disappointed if you drafted Tyler Lockett then in the fifth round you were not disappointed I think you're going to have more of the same of that so you have DK Metcalf had the third most uh, or the, the most unrealized air yards uh which I like talking about air yards it's fun it's fun. Uh, and then on the other side, Lockett. Players with 100-plus targets, 1,000-plus receiving yards, and eight touchdowns in each of the last three years. Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett. Like, yeah. Lockett has been so good. He is so good. He, the problem is it just comes in bursts. So yes. he's not going to be consistent for your team. Know what you're getting. And when you're drafting in the fifth round, that is often your third wide receiver. So, so if you go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, now you're right. talking about a guy who can win you a week and and dominate for fantasy who you don't have to rely on to be your consistent uh, wide receiver one. So I, I do like the value there. At this point, if you went running back, running back, are you good with would you be good with Metcalf as your wide receiver one? No, because I think you're gonna have inconsistencies when Lockett has his big games. I mean the truth is pretty obvious when one of these two guys gets a 60 yard bomb touchdown the drive is over for the other one sure the yards can't be accumulated so it's very difficult for both guys to have good games and they're both great players this episode is brought to you by better help some things may seem small at the time but when you keep them inside when you keep everything bottled up you leave those emotions to fester, and they can have some serious negative consequences. I know when I was younger, you know, you don't want to always say what's on your mind. You don't want to be seen as ungrateful or insensitive or whatever, but sometimes you bottle those things up too long, and they develop into real problems. Talking things out, working through what's weighing you down, it is more helpful than you realize. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I've had therapy. I've had practical, personal advances through therapy, whether I'm learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries personally, how to make better habits in my life. There's a lot of benefit, and you can give BetterHelp a try if you've been thinking of starting therapy. It's entirely online. It's convenient and flexible. It's also easy to get started. You just fill out one brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash footballers to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash footballers. 
This episode is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance is the award-winning service to give you just that. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. You can do it all right in the USAA app. And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease to tap the banner or visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restriction supply. The next player we're going to talk about was the wide receiver 15, Michael Pittman Jr. Oh, we built this city. He finishes the year with 129 targets, 88 receptions, almost 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns. He was he was better during the you know the first half of the season, weeks one through nine. He was the wide receiver nine, and then from week ten on, as the Colts' passing game completely crumbled, he was only the wide receiver 30. He had the fourth most contested catches in the NFL. How do you now that it's done, Jason? How do you feel about the season as at large for Michael Pittman, who was drafted as the wide receiver forty-four mm-hmm. at the back of the ninth round? So to be drafted there, finish at wide receiver fifteen, even though he wasn't great over the second half of the season. How do you feel about him? Yeah, I mean, he he definitely had a. And what if song. I do this? We built this okay, city. okay. Opinions going up, going Opinions up, going up. Thank you. Um. He had a he had a very good season. I think what happened in the beginning of the year kind of set the expectations and the hopes to be the true year two breakout. That did not happen. In fact, I'm surprised. Like when here we are, wide receiver fifteen, we're talking about Michael Pittman. I'm like, really? Michael Pittman finished as the wide receiver. That's right. It doesn't feel like that. Um and I didn't have him on a lot of my rosters, so maybe that's you know, it's the experience that was um lacking or it was just the end of the year collapse for the Colts and the the outlook going forward where you don't even know who the quarterback is is it going to be Wentz probably yeah i think they don't stuck. want it to be Wentz um you know but i the reality is he is a very talented very young wide receiver um we've talked a lot about the wide receiver the second year breakout but that doesn't end there it's not like they then regress in year 3 uh, he should continue to get better. He had the experience of being the one this year, and as the season went along and more tape was there, he started getting shut down. So I think you know an off-season program. Um, I'm gonna like. I'm gonna like pity. I, I've I've always had a soft spot for Michael Pittman. I think he's a very good wide receiver. I mean, uh, looking at the guys of the true second-year breakout, like obviously Jefferson was much better, but Justin Jefferson had a massive breakout as a rookie. You know, looking through the list, you got CD who was great and disappointing. Uh, you got Pittman who was good and disappointing. Right, but I'm saying like, didn't what did CD Lamb finish? CD Lamb finishes the wide receiver 18. So, I mean, of the second year wide receivers who made the jump, Pittman seemed like he made the biggest jump. Yeah, and it, why doesn't it feel that way? Because <laughs> like, literally, because over asking. the second half, he was the wide receiver 30. Um, and it, and that's where I mean you get the closing argument and that's the the opinions start to get skewed. The wide receiver sixteen, rookie sensation Jalen Waddle, Waddle Waddle as he waddled away. One hundred forty one targets, over a hundred receptions, broke the rookie record, a thousand receiving yards, six touchdowns. 
this was also a very interesting season. Uh, the Dolphins, it's things started out quite poorly for them, uh, and then it, they made him a focal point of the offense from uh, from week six through thirteen. He was the wide receiver three. He didn't get the big plays, which was interesting because like Waddle's calling card is he's faster than you. Oh, like yeah. he is he's outrageously fast and yet only 10 deep targets. He was a yards after catch type of guy. His splits are are just fine. So what do you do with the with this player who has the most receptions ever for a rookie wide receiver? Uh, I mean you you have to assume he's and going he, to be extremely highly drafted and it finished poorly as the wide receiver 55 and 37 the, those are the last two weeks yeah. um you know we, every wide receiver is going to have down weeks if they go back to back who cares um if you played dfs or you had jalen waddle you you know you had him as part of that run from week six on you realized how important he was to this offense and that was when they were winning games you know they went one and seven and then they went seven uh wins in a row and that was with Jalen Waddle, the guy they drafted to be great being great I think going forward you're going to have a team whose identity runs through Jalen Waddle, very similar to how Justin Jefferson has become you know at least the identity of the receiving game so the question for Jalen Waddle has nothing to do with Jalen Waddle to me uh, it just is Tua it's it's the quarterback okay. situation and and um, maybe the coaching situation, which has not been resolved as of this recording. So I am all in on the talent of Jalen Waddle. You break the rookie receiving uh, receptions number. You have his talent, his speed. He showed it on the NFL field that he can get it done. And there's so much room to grow, right? Like, what was he, like 10 yards a catch? I mean, with a guy with his speed, if he gets 104 receptions, you'd expect him to be up at 1,300-plus yards, not just breaking 1,000. So I think that there is room for improvement, um, and whether or not the Tua takes a step forward, I mean, I, I'm, I'm usually the one betting against that. So I bet on Jalen Waddle, bet against Tua. How would that land next year for his outlook? Well, one of the things we need is the head coach – one of the fellas who is still in contention is Mike McDaniels from San Francisco. And the whispers are he views what he could do with Jalen Waddle similar to Debo Samuel. Now, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know if you can replicate what Debo has done, but that's, that's interesting that you're going to get – if you get him all those – short yardage receptions and then you add in some trick plays where they definitely had a couple trick plays I remember him going in the backfield mm -hmm. and then getting a pretty easy, pretty easy touchdown out of it but that's well the, that's I, interesting I think the I think the two ways that that comp makes sense is one rushing attempts you didn't really have Jalen Waddle he had two rushing attempts on the season and with his speed you get the ball in his hands obviously Waddle's not the tackle breaker that Debo is right he's not the tackle I mean nobody is um, but uh, you know, the other side of that is the screen games. One of the things that the 49ers were so good at is game planning through Debo. Like they built a system where they were going to manufacture touches for him and get blockers out in front of him. 
Um, and I think if you do that for Waddle, that would be great. So if, if he ends up becoming the head coach, uh, Arrow goes even further up because that's the that's where Tua can succeed. I don't think Tua's going to succeed getting him the ball 14, 15, 20-plus yards down the field all the time, but he can get him the screen game. All right, these next two wide receivers, this this one is difficult. Wide receiver 18 on the season, C.D. Lamb, who will, over the first half was uh, in consistency was the wide receiver 12. That fell to wide receiver 30. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 27 on the season, wide receiver 27 in consistency. They both had only 13% of their games were great. They both had an above-average bust rate. Which like, would be below average in a way. It was worse. It was negative. Okay, yes. Yeah, we want, we want that to be clear. 31% of Lamb's games were a bust. 40% for Amari Cooper. I felt I felt those 40%. <laughs> the Amari Cooper ones? Yeah, I did. That's, that, that's why I'm excited to talk about this, because I know you're a CeeDee Lamb guy. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like underneath that CeeDee Lamb jersey, you had your Amari Cooper jersey oh, on just just ready for just sure. <laughs> Honestly, I am a CD ready Lamb to rip guy. the Lamb jersey off. Say, I've been with you the whole time, Amari. He, he was. My, I never left you. Uh, I mean, CD was my my guy, but one hundred percent. When you said I feel, when you called me a CD Lamb guy, I was like, eh, that kind of feels insulting because I'm an Amari Cooper guy as well. I'm also a Dak guy, <laughs> and this was a this was this was disappointing. Um, the passing game did not do what you hoped you that part of that and I would say the the major reason for it right because I don't think Amari Cooper did anything bad CD Lamb did anything bad as far as talent on the field uh poor execution any of that type of stuff and you love the doctor oh the doc well I'm not I just love the nickname I'm oh, not okay. like huge into Dr. Schultz I just okay. think it's a, what a what a great nickname um but how do we come up with this stuff <laughs> Here's the issue, is the defense. The defense has Parsons and Diggs have taken them from one of the worst defenses in the NFL over the last several years, before the last two, to one of the best defenses. And uh, I believe they were the highest, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they score the most defensive touchdowns this year? Uh, the producers can vet me on Sounds that. Sounds right. Uh, but that, I mean... Those things really do have a correlation for being bad for the passing attack. If your team is up and winning the game based on defensive scoring, you run the ball more and all of a sudden your wide receivers aren't needed. So this is a really um, curious case here for me because I do love the talent. I love the offensive potential. And in games where they had to really air it out, you know, they, they had big performances. But I just don't know that this is – when you've got a couple of mouths to feed and a really solid defense, it's not a recipe for fantasy glory. And on top of that, you have Kellen Moore, who has been kind of the mastermind of the offense the last couple of years for Dallas. He is also one of the remaining candidates uh, with the who's talking to Miami right now. Uh, it's so funny to me that McCarthy is thought of like people don't like his offense. But people love Kellen Moore's offense. But it's and the it wasn't, same. It's the same offense, right? Like, well, this, yeah. I mean, this I mean, is, sort of, because the the offense for McCarthy was Aaron Rodgers. Please do something. But I, you, well, I'm just saying the 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 outlook. I feel like it's it's 
a negative outlook towards Mike McCarthy's offensive scheme and a positive one towards Kellen Moore, but we're disappointed with what the Dallas Cowboys offense did this year. So who was it? Was it Mike McCarthy's fault? Then why is Kellen Moore getting – that's just a really weird situation to me. I feel like it's uh, like name value and not reality. A lot of it falls on Kellen Moore, but at the same time, any time that I can just – verbally drop a deuce on Mike McCarthy. Mm, that is fun. Pants down. Yeah, pants down. <laughs> deuce <happening>. out. <laughs> uh, yeah. For no, Harambe. That's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good point, Mike. And I think a lot of people share that. It's a lot of fun to pile on McCarthy. It, it is. So I, there they will be a curious case to watch next year. And just like all of the off-season chatter of Jerry Jones being disappointed in Amari Cooper, his $100 million man, Mari Cooper is still owed a lot of money over the next three years. He will be turning 28, and they can get out pretty easily. Not yet. Not this offseason, right? This year would be only a $6 million debt Really? Yeah. Wow. He just signed that $100 million contract. That's crazy. It was very front-loaded, it seems like. So, just going forward, Amari Cooper is drafted, let's say, in the what round? What round do you think Amari Cooper is going to be drafted in? Mm. Probably fourth. I think round. he'll drop to the fifth. Do you? I do. Lockett I, I, or Cooper? I would take Lockett. Okay. That'll be an interesting debate. Next wide receiver. Oh, he's near and dear to my heart, and get this man a freaking quarterback because he's near to the heart, and my heart is breaking every single year. For DJ Moore. Also, for clarity, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the quarterback to get him. Uh, I'm, I am clarifying sure. that. That okay, was a yes. question. Okay. That, okay. Was, that was me letting people know because I think that that's a really probable destination. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. He's go- They're right. working on it right now. And there's only a handful of teams that really would pay up and try to go get him and see him as the, the cure, you know, the Washington uh, commanders commanders <laughs> that is that's is the first time i've had to first time i've had to actually say it in I conversation heard you wanted to put football team out there 100 percent. washington command oh and if you start with football team and you switch to commanders be careful, oh, be that's, careful. that's a problem <laughs> the Whoa! yeah no thank you mike that's you just gotta stick with football team at that point <laughs> Yep. Thank you uh, for Woo. that for that glorious Woo. warning. Um, yeah. So I my uh, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback, starting quarterback for another team this season, and it could be some, someone like the Panthers who are quarterback needy. And I guess I'm just saying that while I do think if DJ Moore got a quarter, if they were the sweepstakes winner of Aaron Rodgers, DJ Moore would be back of the first. To me, whoa! Top of the second, I think his talent is there, and he is like DJ Moore is great. Dealing with all of the quarterback nonsense that he has over his four-year career, aside from his rookie year, which his rookie year he hit 788 yards, which that's really not bad for a rookie wide receiver. But since that time, he has been just under 1,200 receiving yards each of the last three years. Only four touchdowns in each season, but I mean those. He's so good when you watch him on the field. If they could get someone who could reliably get him the ball, but anyway, so DJ Moore 
Only 6% of his games were great. Only 41% were good. Uh, he was kind of a lot of times in that limbo between meh. between bust and a good game, unfortunately. DJ Maher? Yeah. That was See, bad. In, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it Thank because you. I'm a big fan of that type of a joke, but it just it hurts me because I cape for DJ Moore and – I I proclaim that none of this is his fault. The truth, except for the good stuff. That's that is totally his fault. The truth, getting you know back to that where we're trying to you know illuminate, is that this is three years in a row of extreme talent, decent uh, result, but disappointing outcome. Like it's it's yes. true to say that he yes. had a decent season, and also that. Everyone was disappointed in DJ Moore, and I think that what you have seen through four years of his career is exactly what you're going to get next year. I'm not if Jimmy Garoppolo comes to town, there's going to be hope, there's going to be hype, there's going to be he's finally got a quarterback, and I'm not buying in at all. I'm not. I'm not doing it. He, he we know what he is. He is who we think he is now. Uh, I mean, you just said it right. Like the last three years, he's basically been 1,150 yards and four touchdowns. He's inconsistent through the season but consistent on the year um and I think that there's a place for him in your fantasy lineup I think you know as a as a wide receiver three you're good but because of his youth and his athletic profile we've been drafting him on the hopeful upside of him sure. turning into a top eight wide receiver and that's just not happening without a prolific quarterback yeah the so fifth most targets and receiving yards for a wide receiver before turning 25 he has been dominant very interesting, though, of looking at DJ Moore's season going, ah, disappointing. Finishes wide receiver 19, drafted as the wide receiver 19. And yet, we are disappointed on a complete break-even of draft day value. Well, yeah, because you're you're not drafting him. Because at, we're curmudgeons. You're not drafting him to be the wide receiver 19. You're drafting him hoping he takes that leap. I mean, it, <laughs> let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Are you? Let's say you yep. go and you buy a scratcher card, and you scratch that, take it off, and it says free scratcher card. You're disappointed, right? Are you? Are you like? Wait, yes, so I want another scratcher. You want another scratcher card? Oh heck yeah! Okay, well then that's the difference between <laughs> us. Because what you did here is you bought TJ Moore and you got exactly what you paid for. It was like, oh, this is a value of five dollars. I paid five dollars. Great, but you're not buying the five dollars scratcher to get five dollars. You're disappointed. You're like, I wanted the fifty. So when you thousand. go when you go into the arcade and you change in your dollar for tokens, you put your dollar in, it gives you four tokens. You're like, what the heck, man? I'm I put a dollar in this machine. I was I'm supposed to get a buck fifty back. More lottery than, <laughs> you know, you're, you're taking your shots at, at big winners here in fantasy football. He is in the final year of his career. He'll be going into the – or career. His uh, uh, contract heading into that fifth-year option. The wide receiver 20 on the season. Here we are again. I'm so disappointed. You're disappointed in Brandon Cooks? 100%. I mean, he was awesome this He year. was drafted as the wide receiver 39. I'm just disappointed that he didn't finish inside the top 15. Ah. Uh, because, you know, you look at his career fantasy finishes, 14, 9, 12, 13, injured, 15, 20. So now we have to say he's always been a top 20 wide receiver, okay. whereas prior to this year, top 15. No, of course you can't be disappointed in what Brandon Cooks did. 
ninety with, receptions over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, and 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 rather consistent. Um, he was he had a better consistency rank than even his fantasy finish of twenty. Um, and that was because even though he didn't have these massive win you a week games, because it's hard to do that with General Mills at quarterback. But fifty six percent, the majority of his games were good fantasy games, not meh. But where we we established like these are you're happy he was in your lineup, um, and even better was that you could kind of predict when some of those games were going to be bad. So I I think Brandon Cooks is always going to be underdrafted, undervalued, and disrespected. He is the Robert Woods of four years ago today. Okay, I can see that he he's a little more splashy than Robert Woods is, makes big plays. Yeah, I just mean that in the sense that Robert Woods, you always knew he's not going to be a, a, a top five wide receiver, but you knew when you were drafting him. Like, when you – it's perfect example back-to-back -back with DJ Moore, right? Because fantasy football, a lot of it's about roster construction. When you're, when you're looking and you are literally in the draft and you're saying, do I want to draft? I'll bet these guys were near each other, Robert Woods and DJ Moore. When you when you draft when you make the decision to go Robert Woods, you are hoping for the wide receiver fifteen. You know, if you grab him at wide receiver fifteen, you just think he's got such a high floor. I know I'm not getting anything crazy special, but he's going to outproduce by some degree. Whereas with DJ Moore, it's more risky, and you're just hoping that you get the outlandish great fantasy finish. I think Brandon Cooks is one where wherever you draft him, he's going to outproduce that because people don't care about Brandon Cooks anymore. Brandon Cooks is essentially in the last year of his contract. Um he'll he's 28 this year. He technically has a couple more years on the books, but those are seem like uh voidable years to spread out the contract. He'll be interesting to like what it, could he get traded again? Well, Brandon Cooks can always be traded. I mean <laughs> that's like one yes. of his favorite things. <laughs> Um, I think he's trying to live in all 50 states. And so well, that could be his bucket list. Right. So I think that's where he's going to the general manager saying, you can get a good draft pick for me because he can. He, yes. He always comes at a cost. But no, I, I think that, you know, if you're the Houston Texans, you don't have a lot of free agents knocking down the door to come play for you right now. I can't imagine that they would look to unload Brandon Cooks, who was good. They've got something potentially in Davis Mills. And going into year two, having a Brandon Cooks, I mean, Brandon Cooks should be better next year than he was this year, and he was good this year. Uh, the remaining players of uh, that we could talk about, I'll, I'll just list them, Jason. You see, you tell me who you want to talk about. So Amon Ross St. Brown was the wide receiver 21. T. Higgins was 22. We kind of talked about him with Jamar Chase. Hollywood Marquise Brown Hollywood! At, at 23. Darnell Mooney, uh, what, a.k.a. The werewolf, the werewolf. You know, moon's out. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the where where are we on the werewolf? Are we? It's are gone. you still you're no. letting it, letting it go into the? Yeah, that's gone. It's never gonna. It's stick. fading away like a a werewolf back into a human exactly when the moon's right. gone. It's it's a crescent. Um, so he's not the werewolf anymore. I I I think that that nickname you've got like a statute of limitations for it to stick. If it doesn't okay. stick, then that it gets wiped from history and you move on. Um, I think the player to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown in a couple weeks. We've got the rookie review show coming up. I'll tell you what, uh, because we don't go anywhere in the offseason, we will eventually talk about all of these players. Several times. But Hollywood Brown, 
And while I'm talking, why don't you find the drop? Because I love oh. the Hollywood drop. But Hollywood Brown was unbelievable. He was so good. Thank you. Hollywood Brown was as good and as consistent as any wide receiver in the first half of the year when Lamar Jackson was healthy. Um, wide receiver five through week nine. Yeah, I mean, he was a locked and loaded every week target yardage, just exactly what you know we had hoped we had in Hollywood Brown. Um, and then obviously the second half of the year, he super disappointed you, let you down in a major way, wasn't a factor. But you had Lamar miss week 11, 15, 16, 17, and 18. And so it's like, well, duh. I mean, obviously, Mark Andrews still kept it going, so you could be like, mm, Mark did it. But these backup quarterbacks aren't going to be able to really have multiple superstars supported. Otherwise, they'd be starting quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a fair point. So I, I think Hollywood Brown is – I think the truth of Hollywood Brown is he is – going to be a great fantasy asset next and year he was dead like for fantasy purposes the the entire community and guilty as charged we had moved on he was the wide receiver 51 in draft so a, a player you took in round 11 you have to be very excited with the return that you got for fantasy football even with it fading away in the second half i guess you could be a little bit bitter that you kept playing him thinking it was going to turn around I certainly thought it would turn around but 91 catches over a thousand yards six touchdowns so where do you feel like from because it was dead then back to full relevance in the first half and then really disappointing second half where do you think the community is going to land on him for draft price I think it will be primarily negative um, I think that people will assume that the outlier was the beginning of the season. They're going to say Rashad Bateman is now more involved. Mark Andrews is kind of leveled up to be the number one target, and the pie might not be big enough to really split up. And I think that that is a fair argument. I don't personally believe that that is the truth. I think the truth is that Hollywood is – the primary target in this offense, him and Mark Andrews, the same way that, you know, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey are fine with one another. Um, I don't look at Rashad Bateman as someone that will overtake that, that primary role as the number one receiver in the offense. And that to me is really what you have to, what you have to get right to be right. Like, is it going to be Marquise Brown as the one? Or is it? Or is Bateman going to overtake that role? And uh, you know, we'll know next year. But I think it's Hollywood. And hopefully, we'll get better. Lamar. Uh, he, he missed a lot of games at the end with the ankle injury, but he was he wasn't the Lamar that we have come to know and, and love. Uh, he just something was awry for the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to do it for today's episode. Jason, we did it. The truth about wide receivers. I think that it's it's out there now. We but now know no lies. <laughs> we know no? We know. Well, that was with a K. Oh, it wasn't no, N-O-N-O. No, no. Without a K, lies. We know no lies because now we have the truth of wide receivers. Uh, are you going to watch the, the Pro Bowl? 
No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I would never. That's why. Why would you turn that on? Um, I will watch. Here's how I watch the Pro Bowl because this is the best way to watch it. Okay. Clips that circulate on Twitter because there's some fun plays and some cool moments and things like that. But no. Um. You know, but I did. I did start watching. Uh. What was it called? Home team. <laughs> what is that? That's the Sean Payton. Uh, oh, the Netflix. movie? <laughs> yes. You're watching that? I, yeah. I no, put don't it, give I put them the. Don't give them the numbers. Uh, if I, I'm just saying. How is it so far? That's Kevin James, right? It is. It is. Um, is it as expected. You- <laughs> I want to say it was better than I, better than I expected, but it's exactly it's what I expected. <laughs> and if you've got, well, put it this way: I've got a lot of sanding to do right now on a on a project. A lot of sanding, sanding, sandpaper, sandblock. I know, I know and, what yeah. you're. So I'm I've just got a lot of surprised that you. What are you sanding? Uh, I have cut out all these like forty film reel shaped things for a decoration for a, an event. I'm, oh. I'm helping out with, and if now but, when you say you cut them out, I mean that I have a hole saw and I've been drilling four hundred plus holes. You into, cut them out? Yeah, I'm a man. What is, he- fellas? Yeah. I can't be the only one who's just shocked right now. Brooks, who are you, Jay? Yeah, Thank you, Brooks. He's like, wait, you did well. Keep in mind, Jeremy's been sick, so <laughs> like, I have not been able to have my man step in for me. So I've had to do this myself. It's been tough. But my whole point here is that if you have a lot of sanding work to do, okay. you too can put this on in the background. What sand and watch? What's it. better, the sanding or the movie? The sanding's not going well. So. <laughs> Give me Kevin James. Are you going to stain as well? Uh, no, just spray paint. We're spray painting okay. afterwards. So. All, right. All right. We got to get out of here. That's going to do it. If you are thirsty for more fantasy footballers content, you can join our Patreon group. Jointhefoot.com. There is an extra episode that will be going up either today or tomorrow. I can't keep track of what day it is. But that's going to do it for us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for today's episode. Make sure you're staying safe out there. Get ready for those rookie drafts. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on jointhefoot.com and follow us on Twitter at the FFBallers. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.